What's going on, everybody? Welcome and thank you for tuning in to episode 15 on the Barangay Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dominic Alcantara. Uh, my guest today is Paolo Del Castillo, but we're doing things a little backwards. Yeah. Paolo, you want to explain it to him? Yes, sir. So um, I am back on the podcast and we are flipping the script today. Um, for those of you that have been keeping up, uh, I'm sure that you know that um, Dom has taken it upon himself to um, host the Barangay podcast on our behalf. And um, he's been interviewing all these, you know, like amazing people, like people within the group and um, people from outside of the group as well. And he's really shed a lot of light on, um, you know, our lives as creatives. And it's been so great to hear that. But this time, I will be doing the interviewing, and we're going to dive a little deeper into Dom's world and, you know, yeah. his origins. So, um, that said, um, let's get started on, on this with my first question for Dom. Um, let's do this. Uh, yeah, dude, I just... Cause you know, uh, as as we all know, you're a, you're a man of many talents. Um, you're when I met you, you were a music photographer, and now um, you're a model, and most recently uh, a podcast host. So you know, hell yeah. Um, hell yeah. I just wanted to to kind of touch on uh, your origins as um, as a creative and kind of what led you to where you are today. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'd say it all started in high school. Yep. So, yeah, ever since high school, like you mentioned earlier, and I mentioned it on the podcast as well, that like I, I've been a music photographer throughout my adulthood. Um, but in high school, like I was, to be totally honest, I was dating this girl who was a photographer. And <laughs> she, was always, she was always taking photos of me, like all the time. Yeah. And she was good. She was yeah. really good. She was really on that, like, the early, like, Brandon Wolfold flow. Oh, the blue you know? hour, like, <laughs> yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but she was really early on it. Like, yeah, think yeah. about it. This is me in high school. So this is seven, six years ago. Yeah. You know, this is years ago. And, um, and she was really good. She ended up having a pretty big Instagram following, but then she deleted the account and never touched the camera again. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, she kind of got me started as as a model. I'd never really touched the camera before until she started doing photography. And then um, I had this, my, my cousin used to always tell me, she would see the photos and be like, yo, you know, you could you could be a model because she was she was like studying at um liam i think it's oh, called. Where, where, so like where did you guys take those photos just like around jersey like your hometown yeah this is in jersey my hometown yeah 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 and my cousin would always see these photos and she was like at fashion school and she was like you know you could totally be a model and i was like what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> and then like uh over some time i got to college i, I picked up a camera for the first time during my freshman year of college and I think I figured it out pretty quickly and I yeah. figured out what I wanted to do pretty quickly with it. And I just went straight into music and it was really, really like underground independent stuff. And then kind of people in the music industry started to notice what I was doing because yeah. back then not every, it wasn't a trend yet when I started doing it. Yeah. Um, so people started to notice what I was doing and I kind of climbed the ranks and worked for a lot of different artists and a lot of different labels and things like that over the years worried damn i yeah. actually i actually didn't know that the modeling roots went that far back because i i think mm -hmm. we met two years ago and yeah. um damn so two years ago but the uh this the interest i or i guess it was put into your head like even way before that yeah, bro. I have and, like I still have old photos. I think, I think on my, one of my other Gmail accounts, I still have a photo from like my junior year of high school. Is is the profile photo, and it's it's a good photo. I don't look like that guy anymore. Right? Yeah, was, dude. I've been I, I've been really doing this for a long time, a long, long time. Like the first time I got booked for a real shoot, if we met two years ago, I was already twenty. First time I got booked for a real shoot, 
I was 18 and I had already kind of been like in front of the camera for a couple of years at that yeah. point, like two or three years. And, um, yeah, the first shoot I did, dude, I was, I was on set for like eight or 10 hours. I got paid like $60 cause it was a small brand from New Jersey, but they were the homies. They're good yeah, friends yeah, of mine. Yeah. Shout out to Brown Mill. Uh, uh, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time, man. By the, yeah, by the time we met, I had already had like a couple of years of experience with it, but it wasn't like I was doing anything crazy. I wasn't like frequently shooting and things right. like our modeling and things like that. But I mean, by the time we met, I had already known Josh and everything like that. So I was already on like a three or four month run of like constantly shooting all the time. Or and yeah, okay, and that's kind of <clears throat> coincided with with modeling and photography because it was happening at the same time. Like, yeah. My modeling career kind of started when we met. Like yeah. my real career started when we met. And that was also when I was like doing the most photography as well. Word. Because I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of, it's kind of two halves of the same hole, you know, you're either in front of the camera yeah, exactly. or behind it. So it's just, which side are you on kind of thing. And it's, um, <laughs> Pick a side. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it, it's really cool to see because um you know, as a photographer myself, uh like like I, I know um like my comfort zone is definitely behind the camera. I, I can get a little weird when I'm in front of the camera. So just being skilled on both ends of the spectrum is is, you know, yeah. something special. And like to kinda to kinda go deeper into that because you know, I, I meet a lot of models myself, you know, through my job. Um I touched on this on our episode but um you know yeah like i meet a lot of models like uh some some are like really experienced and some are you know like still up and coming like like uh how, how did you develop that skill set because i haven't really heard anybody talk about the skill set and and you know like and like knowing how to pose and stuff like that like like that goes into modeling other than like you know the other than like dieting and working out what how did you develop that skill set of being like comfortable in front of a camera? It's it's tough, man. I think like being comfortable in front of the camera is was pretty natural to me because I did theater theater in high school, so like I, I was comfortable being in front of an audience. Basically, you know, like I because like, I did I had like lead roles when I was in high school, so I was yeah. like constantly like memorizing lines and things like that, and always presenting myself in front of people. So I've always had that kind of confidence and comfort level but the actual technical skills of modeling is w what was hard for me like when i was doing it when i was getting my photos taken in high school not like really really modeling but i was uh back then i was like i i don't know what i'm doing i don't think that i look good it wasn't until after i would see the photos and i was like okay yeah that's fire <laughs> like i don't look bad there cool like i would feel extremely awkward throughout the shoot but then i'd be like okay this is this is cool um, it took some time like back then like when I was like 17 18 19 even 20 ish I was still like looking at like I was following a lot of male models yeah just to just to kind of learn like what kind of poses are you supposed to do what kind of poses should I know how to do like immediately yeah yeah you know and what kind of expressions to do I'm st I still struggle with expressions that aren't like straight face or like like intense fierce stuff yeah, like yeah, fierce yeah. is my fierce is my thing uh, i still struggle with anything otherwise because i'm super self-conscious about my cheeks <laughs> Damn, I, didn't, I didn't even <laughs> I know that <laughs> yeah dude i think my cheeks are too chubby so when i smile i get a lot of a lot of no, dude, what? Up. no way. <laughs> anyone who knows Dom knows that he's um he's lost weight for for modeling, and that's like, you know, I like I feel like that's part of the job. Um, yeah, for sure. But going back to like the technical skills, dude. Like at this point, like we haven't shot much over the past two years, obviously, because yeah. I've been here in the Philippines. Yeah. Um, but. I'm at the point now where like you ever see those videos where it's like there's music playing and there's a model just like moving, moving, like moving, with each moving, flash moving. of the camera. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm at the point now where I can do that shit. <laughs> like I, I just saw. Um, you remember Omar? 
my homie from Jersey with the curly hair, super buff dude. You've shot with yeah, him for Brooklyn Club. Oh shit, yeah. I haven't that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, yeah, Omar. Yeah, yeah bro. He he just tweeted out a video like that. And the caption was like people don't understand how hard it is to do this shit. <laughs> Cuz he models as well. Yeah. I, I I don't I don't think he can do that, but I'm at the point now where I can. Like I had a shoot earlier this month for this Filipino designer Bank Panetta. And it was exactly that. It was he, him and the photographer were like, this is exactly what it's going to look like. This is exactly what we need you to do. And we're going to do this quick because there were a lot of layouts, a lot of, there were four models and we had to just bang it out. And that was literally it. It was every like one or two seconds flash, 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 like nonstop. And I just had to keep going. And like, I, I can do that now. Finally, I can do that now. You know, just as long as I don't have to smile. Was that like, was that like, how hard was that to develop to be able to do that? Like that, that's been the hardest thing because like, if you see the video, if you see a video, like the one I was referencing, like it's literally like we're dancing Yeah. because of the, because of the quickness of, of of the motion, the frequency of the photos, like it's, it literally feels like we're dancing. And so it's like, okay, I have to be comfortable feeling like I'm dancing in front of these people and know that I'm going to look good. You know, um, I think it just happened with time because at this point I've been doing this for over five years, you know, I've been in front of the camera for over five years now. And like, now I know exactly what poses to hit. Like if I'm doing e-commerce, if yeah. I'm doing a web catalog, like I know I need like four to six poses just over and over again throughout a day. And so that those are kind of like, like doing e-commerce is kind of like doing training for an intense lookbook shoot. You know what or, I mean? <laughs> okay. It's just like repeating the same poses over and over and over again. Like I did one for human that just came out. Human is another Filipino brand. Really right. big one. Shout, on out, bench. shout out to human, put Dom on his first shout- billboard. <laughs> yes, shout out to them for my first billboard. Finally, finally. But I did the billboard and like that's the whole lookbook. But then I also did the e-commerce for that. Damn. And so that was like that was like a 10 hour shoot of like over 100 <clears throat> looks of me just same four to six poses for everything. And that's like that's literally practice and training for when you have to do the intense ones, you know? Yeah, word. Um for those of you that don't know, Dom and I have a lot of experience in intense in these intense um, mm-hmm. high volume shoots. So um, yeah. to, this is this is my first time uh, hearing about it from a model's perspective because uh, when we do these these really long e-commerce shoots, um, we're always trying to get it in within a day, and I'm just behind the camera like like I'm like I, like for certain photos I would like stand up. And then for certain ones, I would squat, and it's just like it's it's like before I know it, I had, I've probably done like over a hundred squats. Um, so so yeah, so like it, it is a workout, but uh, I feel like the models get more of a workout because just to like change in and out of clothes so frequently, like it. Oh yeah, that, that must be like like straining, like so. Dude, it's it's really so tiring. Like, I don't I don't think most people understand how fucking tiring it is, man. Like after after like after that e-commerce shoot, dude, I was supposed to go. I remember me and Cher were going to a birthday party that night, and I literally was like, I am going to pass out like right now. <laughs> like as soon as it ended, I was like, I need to just go to sleep. Like, this is this was terrible. I mean, it's not terrible. I love the work, but like afterward, it's so exhausting, man. Super exhausting. And then yeah, also dude. having just like having to express, like show your expression on your face and flex your whole body for a whole day. It's like <laughs> it's tough, man. It's actually really hard work. A lot of people don't know that. Um, yeah, hard. but it's been good. Like it's been good. Like I. I I feel I feel like a real professional now because I have been a full-time model for over a year. Um, 
I feel like the real deal and I'm finally in shape for the first time in my life as a model. <laughs> I've been doing this shit for so long that I've never taken the time to actually put in the effort and get in shape. I finally did it this year. Nice. It's been good, man. It's, it's paying off. It's paying off. Dude, that's sick. Um, for anyone that's kept up with Dom, it's been super sick to see, uh, see his growth over the years, you know, cause, um, cause this was just a, this conversation this conversation was was exactly just that like a couple years ago it was just a conversation but now it's 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 materialized into into this whole thing so like that that's really cool to see um so you you've had you've had experience as a model um it started in new york and now you're in manila i just kind of wanted to ask about you know like like the like what's new york like what's life as a model like in new york and versus manila like your personal experience on in both cities i mean it's totally different it's like complete opposites because like if i was a model in new york working at the frequency that i'm working at here which is not very frequent I mean, it is, but not, not like crazy frequent. Like mm -hmm. if I was doing the same frequency in New York, I would definitely have to have at least a part-time job. You know, I would definitely still have to be working, working. Yeah. Um, over here signed with my agency. It's pretty wild, honestly. Like it, they, they make my life really easy. <laughs> um, like they pay for my apartment. They give me cash every week like a cash allowance every week and i just kind of live you know <laughs> versus like when i was doing modeling in new york even when i was at my best when i was doing like the bbc and staple and all that shit which you hooked me up with <laughs> at, at staple um when i was doing all that shit obviously i was still working because i wasn't booking that frequently either um so i was still working like full-time in a restaurant you know yeah I'm still yeah i remember that still yeah i mean those were good times yeah i enjoyed that but because that was it that was my whole focus was like work at the restaurant try to book shoots try to book photography jobs as well and that was it like but now now it's the complete opposite where i'm just i'm literally just chilling every day <laughs> like like you get <laughs> sent to casting model yeah yeah exactly i get sent to castings like because i do uh, if you haven't seen my Instagram, I do commercials as well. Yeah. And now I'm, now I'm like doing TV auditions too. Or like TV shows. <laughs> I, like, I still, I still remember, um, the first commercial I saw you on that. I think it was, a, uh, I think it was Samsung. Yeah. Yeah. No, was, San Miguel was first. Oh, right, right, right. Dude. Yeah. I remember, I remember Dom talking to us about that shoot. He was, um, how how many hours was that? Like twenty six hours on set. Yeah, yeah. He was on set for twenty six hours, and what scenes did you guys shoot? You guys did like a like you you guys you guys did like a like a winning a basketball game. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. There was a bar scene. Um. I don't even remember. This is so long ago. This you guys had like, ago. yeah. You guys had like, like a. It was like the same four group of friends, and Dom was one of them. Yeah, and it was just like, it, it, oh, the, the I remember the theme of the campaign was like, you never forget your first, like, like your, your first, your first championship, your first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was that? Your like your first something about like there's nothing like the first time like like the commercial yeah. was in tagalog but like it translates in english to there's nothing like your first and yeah that that, that was that was also kind of crazy because it was dom's first commercial so like exactly yeah <laughs> perfect perfect they yeah, got me for so the right like, job <laughs> but yeah so like yeah he was telling us he was on set for 24 hours they had this one or 26 hours they had this one uh scene i remember where it was like it was like it was like nighttime and then they like make it look like daytime oh yeah dude that shit was so cool to me i'd never seen that before i'd never been on a set like that where it was like 
at this point it was already probably like midnight 1 a.m when we were shooting this scene and they really had it set up and it looked it totally looked like it was like 1 p.m <laughs> you know i'd never seen that before like it was my first time like obviously i knew it was possible but i had yeah. never been on a set and and seen like that full production level that was that was pretty sick to me that was cool to see all right that is sick um yeah and earlier we kind of touched on a samsung commercial damn all right I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, fuck, dude, like, <laughs> I, I was so happy. I was like, damn, he's he's really out here. That that was, for, <laughs> for, for me, like, since you were, because I think you were, like, the lead guy for that commercial, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was the only he guy was, in it. Yeah, it was, it was him and this girl, and, like, I think after I saw that, I was like, damn, like, in my head, I was like, damn, this dude really did that shit. Like he's really out here. He he's really out here doing what he said he would. Yeah. So like yeah, you know man. that was you know that was a proud moment for all of us. Um, thank you, thank you. That was another tough um, one, man, because that was like fourteen hour shoots back to back days. Yeah, dude. That that's that was because you know like <laughs> yeah because I feel like we, we've mentioned it a lot already um, during this episode, but. Like, you really, really don't know, like, the amount of work that goes into something until you, like, do it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's a freaking, it's a minute long commercial, man. It's one minute. And it takes 30 hours on set to, to, to perform, to create, you know? That's so much work. <laughs> like, I mean, for me, like, that's a lot of just waiting around. But then yeah. once I do get on set and I'm actually doing it, it, I have to do that one in particular because that was supposed to be made for not just for the Philippines, but then like other countries throughout Asia. It was produced for all of Asia. Yeah. So, you know, there are there were like scenes where I was in a restaurant eating food, things like that, where the food had to be totally different or without the food for certain other countries like muslim countries for example who don't eat whatever food was in the scene wait wait what i oh, yeah shit. dude i, I so didn't that, know this holy yeah bro so that commercial was like every every scene i had to do three different versions of the scene that's why did it you actually so eat did you eat all the food no nah, i wasn't eating anything i didn't have to eat it i was like just holding it i didn't have to eat anything no consumption damn yeah, I am Damn, up for a dude. McDonald's commercial right now, though, so I might have to eat some burgers or some shit. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's what do McDonald's commercials look like in the Philippines? Because you know, like, because Jollibee commercials are so emotional. Yeah. So like, <laughs> nah, the McDonald's commercials aren't like the Jollibee commercials. They're more like they're more happy and goofy and stuff like that. You know, they're super goofy. Um, it's actually, oddly enough, it's not that different than it is in America. It's just like replace all of the English with Tagalog and put Filipino people in the commercial. And it's pretty much the same, but like 20 to 30 percent more goofy, you know, I can, I, it's not yeah, that I can see different, that. oddly enough, aside American from like McDonald's, the menu being completely yeah. different. Word. American McDonald's commercials are already pretty goofy. I don't think yeah, I've seen exactly. any Filipino ones. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like whenever I'm watching, whenever I'm up at seven a.m. watching NBA games, and I'm I'm like streaming through American TV channels, and I'm seeing the commercials, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's not actually that different. Yeah, but it is. It is still different. You know. Word. So um. Oh, so back to the the original question I asked you about you know, what what's it like versus um. Uh, in New York versus Manila. Um, what's like? Because I know, uh, like certain looks are trending at certain times, right? Because yeah. you know, like for for some context, Dom had the had the ill like slick back when I met him, <laughs> um, and then like, then like we, like m me and like like our our group of friends, or maybe I think it was just me collectively yeah it, or, yeah it was just me like i was like dude you should shave your head like if you shave your head you'll book so much more work like that's that shit is in right now and he did it so um yeah like th does 
is there like a certain look or like a certain niche like between the two different cities like that 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 uh that companies kind of look for when they book models and like if yeah. there are can you just kind of yeah touch on that definitely like um well, it wasn't just you first of all who was convincing me because remember <laughs> remember that guy eric cano the casting director oh yeah 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 where he was also like texting me every day so there's this this casting director in in new york he's from jersey city he put me in my first fashion uh like new york fashion week show and things like that and he was like texting me every day for like a month like yo shave your head he was literally <laughs> sending me pictures he was like sending me photos of brad pitt and jake gyllenhaal but <laughs> like every day every single day he was texting me like one photo like he wouldn't say anything it was just the photo <laughs> i was like all right man all right all right all right i'm starting to get it and then when when i told you about that that was when you started pushing me even harder to oh, do it. oh word yeah and then i did it um and it worked but um yeah bro when i first moved here i still had the shaved head when i first moved here in february last year um and like my first so my first meeting with my agency they offered me the deal they offered me the contract but they said you have to grow your hair back and they were right because in those first two or three months that my hair was growing back my hair grows really fast but in those first two or three months like i didn't book anything i didn't book anything until i had my hair back you know not at all and that's just kind of how the industry is here they really look for like if you're gonna be if you're gonna identify as a Filipino model, which I do even though I'm not hundred percent Filipino, if you're gonna identify as a Filipino model, you're supposed to kind of have the the typical like they want you to look cute. They only want cute guys, you know like, so there's they, a so there's like, definitely like a template right yeah, 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 like another thing is like my agency didn't want me to get this this skinny, this fit. Like, I mean, I'm not in fantastic shape, but like I'm thinner now than what they wanted me to be. Like they wanted me to have like chubbier cheeks and like the long hair for commercial purposes. So I could look more commercial and be more presentable on TV. But I did that for a while. I did that for how long? When did I shave my head again? In April this year, in March this year. So I did that for a year basically. And like, I mean, I did a lot of work, but I didn't feel like it was enough that made me like need to keep the hair. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I hate having, I hate that haircut. I don't like the way I look with it. So I, I shaved my head again and I'm in better shape and here we are now. But yeah, it's totally different. Like in, in New York, like models just don't look anything the way they look here you know i mean we get a lot of like white international models here mm -hmm. a lot of brazilians a lot of russians things like that they'll come here for like three to six months and all of those guys look exactly the same <laughs> Dude, it's like it's like they just came off the conveyor belt at the factory like they're they're all just like ripped not not buff but ripped they have the same hair no facial hair like they they just look the same always you know and so it's either that you're one of those guys or if you're one of the filipinos then you know have your hair put some pomade in there you know smile a lot like that's really what they look for but i mean i've been lucky i guess because i felt like when i got back here when i because i went home to new york earlier this year for three and a half months and when i got back here I immediately felt like things were a little different. Like I, I remember I was just walking through a mall one day and um, my, my old roommate, Angel, he's like one of my best friends. He, for a long time, he wasn't booking jobs. Like he wasn't booking anything at all, even though he was trying mm -hmm. to be as commercial and presentable as, as the agency wanted him to be. He wasn't booking anything. Like it took him like 14 months to book his first job. Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, not good, not good. But, like, a month before I came back, he started booking all these jobs for Human, actually. Same brand that I just did my first billboard. He got his first billboard, and he was all over ad placements in the malls and things like that. 
and then but not just him like i was i was noticing a the the cute boy trend was kind of going away like a lot of the models that i see on advertisements now the male models are are more intense looking they have more you know more variety in the appearances and things like that and so i felt like okay i don't need to grow my hair back right now and my agency still i've been back here for three months my agency still hasn't told me to grow my hair back so because i'm still looking you know like as soon as i got back i I booked a commercial i I got my first billboard i did the e-commerce shit i did the lookbooks and things like that done some fashion shows since i've been back so i've been booking a lot and you know i don't have to grow my hair back anymore and i I keep the facial hair now too like i used to always shave when i would go to castings and now it's like now they kind of know me as this package like shaved head facial hair bushy brows (laughs) okay so um you've had experience as a model uh both in new york and in manila um do you want to do you want to kind of tell me about like some of the biggest differences you've seen um with your personal experience in the two cities well i think the the lifestyle for models in general is kind of different um i think here most models really just want to party all the time like <laughs> that's just the way it is um like five nights a week at a different clubs and then they fly to different islands and beaches and things like that not really my thing uh not really my crowd but that's that's really the normal thing here like models come here or models come to other like southeast asian countries so that they can just party i mean the, yeah. of course you you come to get a new portfolio and things like that but it's not really about the money it's not really about the work it's just about partying Versus like in New York, if you're if you're a model in New York, like usually you have to have a job, you have to have like a part time or a full time job because we just there's so many models in New York that we don't book much, you know. So it's 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 pretty hard. And then over here, it's just easy life, just party, party, party. <laughs> yeah. But aside from aside from like lifestyle stuff, like just eating is hard here like eating healthy is really hard i'm super guilty of it I, especially this week i've just been eating like shit <laughs> i just had pizza again last night burger king yesterday nice. it's terrible man <laughs> terrible it's terrible but i love it though it's yeah. all good i mean i feel yeah. like e- i feel like eating healthy is always hard if you have a lot to do within a day you know like like oh, even yeah, for sure e- even for me just making time to to cook myself like lunch um or dinner is it's it's just it just takes a lot of time out of your day so you really have to make yeah. time for that kind of stuff um yeah well, like, but even you, here like it's hard to get healthy food it's hard to get good vegetables too like it's hard to get healthy food in a restaurant like there are very few restaurants that sell healthy food really filipino food in general is just always fried not very you know, ve- uh, vegetarian or or vegan friendly no huh? definitely not <laughs> man definitely not Definitely not. It's tough. Like when I go to the grocery store, I go to two different grocery stores. One's like, one's SM. It's like a local supermarket. And then the other one's like international. And the price differences between the international and the local supermarket is, is absurd. Like yeah. everything's like three times cheaper at the international, uh, at the, at SM, everything's like three times cheaper. Or, and, but they just don't have SM. the same options. Shout out to SM. <laughs> <laughs> SM could mean supermarket, could mean shoe mart. I don't know. <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be. But yeah, dude. Um, I remember. Uh, I remember you mentioned something about the traffic there too. Yeah, it's not good, man. It's super discouraging. Like sometimes you can be stuck in traffic, or like even just trying to book a ride, like. Like Grab is like our Uber here, but then we have Ankas too, which is like a motorcycle taxi service. And sometimes like Thursday nights, Friday nights, I'll be waiting like two hours to try to book a ride. Oh my god, I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, yeah. And then if I if I'm waiting for two hours and then I book a Grab, then I'll probably have to wait like twenty minutes for the Grab to get here, and then be on like an hour and a half long trip <laughs> so it's like overall that's already four hours of travel time <laughs> damn 
<laughs> you know, but that's why I use Uncuts every day, which is pretty fire. I enjoy it. Uncuts every day. Word. Um, so are there any things that you like about Manila over New York? Um, yeah, I think my favorite thing is probably like access to Filipino food at all times, at any time. Like if I ever want it, whenever I want it, like whenever I want my parents cooking or whatever, I can pretty much yeah. just walk outside and find something. So I find somewhere to get it, especially where I live. There's a lot of food, a lot of restaurants, like no problem at all. I can just get whatever I want. Uh, cheap alcohol is cool. <laughs> <laughs> or cheap alcohol cool. is always cool. That's a nice plus. Uh, that's another thing. Like I can get beer at any time. No problem. <laughs> it's super cheap. Super, super cheap. Uh, yeah, a lot of things, especially where I live here in Poblacion and Makati, is like there's a lot of convenience. Everything's really, really convenient here. Like from food to drinks to shopping. Like I live right next to a mall. I live right next to all the bars and, and like convenience stores and grocery stores, pharmacies. Literally everything is like within five minutes walking from my building. So that's that's, that's super nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super convenient. So, um, I remember we touched on this earlier. You were talking about how, um, networking for you is really easy there. And I know, um, for those of you that, that have been, uh, following our whole journey, uh, first of all, shout out to you. Um, yeah, we definitely appreciate you. Um, so if, uh, are you guys, I'm sure you guys are aware that, uh, we put on our show, our first show in the Philippines, um, earlier this year, and it was uh, mostly thanks to Dom. Uh, he he spearheaded the whole project. Um, he he put the show together, got the artists together, booked the venue and the sponsors. So, um, yeah. So you mentioned that networking was a big thing for you um, after moving to the Philippines. So can you kind of talk about like the work that went into making that first event happen? Yeah. Um... It was pretty tough. It was pretty challenging for me because it was like, it was it was my first time doing something like that kind of on my own, I guess. And I mean, I wasn't fully on my own. Of course, I had people helping me. Um, but that was the thing. I was I was able to network early on, like early enough that I knew who, who was going to help me before I even started to do the planning of it. And so like... When it came to getting sponsors and getting different brands to be involved in the project, like most of those were already people that I was associated with and yeah. they were willing to help me out and get their companies to, to buy in on that. So that helped a lot. But then like, I don't know, for me, the hardest stuff was like learning how to pitch something, how to, how to create, how to do marketing and things like that, how, how to... How to essentially like sell ourselves, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I've never yeah. really had to do that before. Uh, yeah, but it was it was cool though. I'm really glad that I did it because I learned so much in that experience. Like, I had to I forced myself to learn so much about like marketing, and I researched so much about venues and events and things like that, and how events should go. And I think I I feel like I learned so much from it, and it's it's gonna help me in everything that I do from from here on out. Like. 100%. And, and since then, like, I've been obsessed with learning because I yeah. didn't feel like I knew enough at the time. I didn't feel like yeah. I had enough experience when I was going through it. And so when you're going, when you're forcing yourself to learn something on the fly, afterward, I was just like, I have to know how to do this correct all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I've just been researched ever since. <laughs> yeah, dude. Because I remember, um, I remember we went through something similar when we put together the New York show because we... Because essentially, we were just like a group of friends, and we were only really selling ourselves individually, but not ourselves as a group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but so yeah, when dude, it came so, time um, to actually sell as a group... <laughs> yeah, we, we were just like, we just, I think all we did was we put all of our individual numbers together to make it kind of, you know, yep. like, to kind of legitimize it. Yep. But, yeah. <laughs> It, yeah, it was all it was all a great learning experience. But yeah, that said, I remember you had that. Um, I think you had that. It was because of your going away party, um, right before you left for the Philippines, that really yeah. sparked that conversation. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. So, 
uh, I think it was back in December 2017 when I did this party. Um, it was originally supposed to be my birthday party. It was Tim's idea. Tim was pushing me to put together a birthday party. And I don't really do that. So I wasn't really interested. But Akinyemi, who came on the podcast, happened to overhear me and Tim talking about this. And he was like, you know, we really could do that show. Like, we could easily put that together and make that happen. And so I started talking to him about it a little more. And, like, one thing led to another. And we ended up setting up, like, a going away party for me, like, three weeks before I left for for Manila. And so the show was at a spot called Super Chief Gallery in... Ridgewood. Shout Ridgewood. out to Super Ridgewood. Chief. Ridgewood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ridgewood. Yeah. Damn, it's been so long. Yeah, it was in Ridgewood. <laughs> and it was dope because it was like a it was like a recreational space it was a community space so it was free for me to book and it's like uh it's like an art gallery it's called super chief gallery it's an art gallery and like uh like arcade space it's it's really really crazy but then they have like a music venue in the back too and you can sell alcohol you can bring in alcohol whatever you want to do and so like i booked i booked the space for the day and then i brought in like all of my favorite rappers to be a part of the show, like Deem, Sly, Akinyemi, Rothstein, Riz, like all my favorites in New York just came to the, came to the party and performed. And like, I was expecting like 50, 60, 70 people to show up. But then like, I think it was like 180 to 200 people showed up. <laughs> yeah. Cause so, I remember, yeah. yeah, I remember you were telling me that like, like, all the different groups of friends that you had throughout like basically your life were there like you had your high school friends there you had like your college friends there you had us there you know the brown guy boys like everyone we knew from like instagram like everybody was just there and it was a it was a whole vibe too because like like you described like it is an art gallery like so when we entered we were greeted with like like basically an exhibit Mm -hmm. and in the back where they had the music performances they had like these a lot of these like old CRT TVs just kind of like stacked yeah. on top of each other. Like it was, it was a whole ass vibe and yeah. it was cool, dude. Cause like, cause like we, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but Dom um, was primarily a music photographer at one point. So it was really cool to see like all the rappers that he was shooting frequently, just kind of like coming together <laughs> and, and putting on a show for him. Like that was just, yeah, that was just like a like a really crazy way to reciprocate the 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 love, man. That was yeah, that was that, nice. was that was a good time, man. That was a special night for me. That was definitely a special night for me. I appreciate that always. I tell them all the time too. Whenever I see them, whenever I talk to them, I still I still bring it up. <laughs> I still yeah, thank word. them for that. But then after that that event was kind of what what sparked us to start doing more events, you know, because yeah. Uh, I remember the day after that event, I was in Jersey City picking you up and dropping you off at the airport. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I went to pick you up, like I was just waiting outside, waiting outside my car, and I was like, "Yo, did you see all those people there? Like there were two hundred people there. <laughs> there were two hundred people there at my going away party." I was like, why don't we why don't we really do this? Why don't we start doing these galleries? Why don't we why don't we do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we that did. was what's <laughs> yeah. That's I don't think a lot of people know this, but that's what um kind of sparked the uh the initial conversation that where we were like, damn, we could really do these things on our own and yeah. on our own terms. Yeah. Yeah, because at that point, like several of our several of the guys in the group had already been in other galleries, it had already been in other art shows and things like that, but we hadn't done our own yet. Where, dude? So now that we're on the topic about, um, you know, shows and stuff, like, do you wanna do you wanna tell the people anything about what you what you're currently working on? Like, anything anyone should expect within. The next few months or so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess we could start to drop it. So uh, we are about we are literally two months away from 
shit, I don't want to give out too many details. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to name drop any brands. We're not going to, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. But we're two months away. We'll just say that. We're two months away. <laughs> All right. So we're two just, months away from something big. Just, you heard it here first. We're, yeah. From Manila two with away. love. <laughs> Word. From Manila with love. Remember that. That's, that's all you get. For um, now. Word. So, um. So, like, we kind of touched on your life as a model and, you know, your experiences between New York and Manila. Um. I kind of want to go back and talk about your experiences as um as a music as a music photographer cuz I feel like like yeah. you'll tell me about you used to tell me about the shows that you would shoot but I didn't really like other than like what transpired in those events I don't I haven't really heard like the full scope of it. Oh yeah, and I don't sure. think a lot of people I don't think a lot of people know like especially the ones that you've met like recently like while you were in Manila I don't think a lot of people know like that side about you so like could you could you talk a little bit more about that most people really don't know that side about me because i haven't owned a digital camera in a year and a half like i haven't right. i haven't done any photography in a really long time I, um but yeah for a while for like two or two years two yeah like two full years i was consistently doing photography like every day almost every day uh, and I was shooting concerts like three, four, five times a week. Like whether that be in New York, in New Jersey, in Pennsylvania. Like I would travel to Pittsburgh, Philadelphia for for shows, different places in Jersey. Like always, always, always doing shows. Um, it was pretty interesting, man. I started, I started just like as a as an amateur. Like actually, literally the first time that I used the camera that I bought, my first camera, like was at a concert. And I was like, my thought process was like, well, I already go to a lot of concerts. Like they're all indie shows. Yeah. They're all like smaller underground shows that they're just like, yeah, you can come in with your camera. That's fine. I already go to a lot. So I might as well just start bringing it and see what I can do. With yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And like the first, the first show that I was at, I really liked the photos I took, but I didn't know how to edit yet. But I still really liked the photos that I took. And I was like, you know, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing this. And then it kind of just i i feel like i networked really fast through that because all the artists i was shooting for were sharing my photos like i i made sure that they were getting the photos cuz i was at the time i was just doing everything for free i was just yeah. like yeah like i'm just doing this for fun so here's the photos at the time that's that's what it was at the time cuz back then this wasn't like a really trendy thing to do being a concert photographer wasn't trendy yet being a music photographer yeah and so I was just giving out the photos for free and they would share them and then other artists who they knew would, would see my photos and then they would ask me to shoot their shows. So like it started out, the first one that I was shooting was Ehi Orobo. Shout out to Ehi. We saw him at Mark's show and elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. um, he was the first one that I ever shot in my life. It was the first time that I ever used my camera. Oh was shit! Yeah, at one of his shows, it was a rooftop <laughs> show somewhere in Brooklyn, and that was fun, man. I'd never done it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I really liked the photos I got because we were on a roof. He had like these these red one red spotlight and one green spotlight pointing at him from different sides of the rooftop, and I was like, okay, oh, this sick. is cool. I'm fucking with lights. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is cool. I've never done this before. But uh, <laughs> yeah, one thing turned to another, and like I just kept doing it, and. Uh, you know, I met more and more people through it, more and more artists, because I'm I'm really into the indie underground sides of like hip hop and pop music. And yeah, I just kept meeting more and more people. Um, it kind of all right. stemmed from like, just just trying it, you know, like, <laughs> like, I would just go to these shows and I would be shooting and then I would meet a new artist who's performing that night, you know what I mean? Like, the opening act of a show, I'd be like, yo, what's up, man? And here's some photos. And then that was like, Dean Spencer was like one of the first ones that I ever met. He was opening for one of my big favorite rappers, Open Mike Eagle. And like, we met back in 2016 and now he's huge. He's coming on the podcast soon. And like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's super weird to think about. Like, 
all of that underground stuff eventually it went towards like working with people from labels like executives from labels and then like artists who were getting signed at bigger labels and things like that and then like i was working for v files for a very short stint but that was not that didn't last very long yeah <laughs> like i did a lot of weird stuff man <laughs> yeah now that i think about it you went to la too right with riz yeah, I went to LA too for some some press stuff for a label over there, doing photography. That was a good time, man. That was like yeah. For, for a while, I really thought that was going to be the thing for me. I, I was thinking photography was going to be the thing, but then after like two years of me doing it, it got really trendy, and I wasn't upgrading my gear, and everybody was getting all these crazy cameras and stuff and shooting concerts in different ways than I was. And I was just like, uh, I don't know if I like this anymore. <laughs> I still love it. I still would love to do it, but it's not, it's not something I'm like super passionate about anymore. You know? Yeah. Word. At least at the moment, you know, yeah, things could just change. Just not right now. Yeah. But yeah, it seemed like it all kind of just avalanched for you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause like when Damn. I started taking modeling more seriously, which is yeah. around the time that we met in 2017. Yeah. That was really when I started taking modeling more seriously. And that was pretty much when I stopped doing photography too. Like I, I was from that, that like three or four concerts a week turned into one, maybe two concerts a week. And then as I got closer and closer to leaving New York, I just stopped going to shows. You know, I, I there were, there was a short, time frame where i was going to shows just with my point and shoot camera just with my film camera but like it just phased out of my life for some reason <laughs> there's no there's no real reason why it, it just did but i'm still Boring. thankful for everything that i experienced in that you know I, I learned a lot about a lot of things i met a lot of people from doing that a lot a lot of people who i'm still very connected with now uh who are all going to come on the podcast soon <laughs> uh, yeah it's been it's been good man i'm super thankful that i went through that that phase in music because I, I met so Boring. many people man so many of my idols too like so many so many of my idols are my friends now which is like so dope Cra to me, crazy man. to think yeah 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 could you could you talk about some of your like your influences in music because i know music is a very big part of your life yeah man um so uh how should i start this so like i've always been interested in what was i guess considered underground like experimental stuff um i got into this genre called art rap when i was like 12 or 13 i started listening to art rap and it's all like really indie nerdy stuff at least it used to be when if when yeah. when the term when the term was first coined like it was it was really like nerdy stuff but it evolved and evolved and evolved over the years. Like these guys were literally like the beats they were, they were making. Like I remember Mike Eagle had a line that said, I like beats that sound like Zelda towns. It was like literally like the beats would sound like you're in a Zelda game, but then just put some drums on it. <laughs> it was just like, wow. Yeah. That sounds fire. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's how it was back then. But it, it's, it's really transformed over the years where it's like, it's, it's really, at this point, it's really political. It's really thought invoking. Like they really rap about like, real artists and what art means and, and like political stuff as well. Like it's super deep at this point and I'm, I'm still super deep in it. Um, yeah, I've pretty much like committed my life to it. <laughs> that Boring. makes sense. Like the last 10 years of my life has been like one of the most, probably the most important consistent thing is, is art rap. And like, yeah, I just networked my ass off through that whole scene and like uh my favorite has always been milo who now goes by rap rap ferreira um he's always been my number one choice my favorite rapper since i was like 13 or 14 years old and then yeah. i started i started shooting for him yeah when i was like 14 he was he's only what four years older than me he was 18 yeah yeah um when I first started shooting, I was I was able to meet him 
I think I, I met him a couple of times before I started shooting, but then the first time that he came back to New York that I had a camera, I was like, yo, I'm going to shoot this shit. I have to shoot this shit. <laughs> like, I have to shoot this shit. And so I did. And then that was when I finally started to like get to know him better. And then like, since then I've probably shot his shows, all of his New York shows, all of his Pennsylvania shows, New Jersey shows since, since like from like 2015 through 2017, I shot literally all of the shows, even early 2018 in New York. Uh, yeah. Uh, aside from him, like Open Mike Eagle, Bus Driver, uh, Dean Spencer, Akinyemi, Rothstein, Riz Lavie, those were all the homies who I've shot in New York. But then like, I've met so many others too, man. Like when I went to LA, I was able to get out and like get away from work responsibilities and go to some rap shows and things like that. See the homie Verbs over there. Uh, man, there's just too many to think of, man. There's so many yeah. people in the underground scene that it's like, <laughs> there's so yeah, many yeah, people, yeah. man. Like I, I'm super thankful for all of them because they've all, uh, they've all welcomed me, which is cool because I'm not a musician. Like I'm not a rapper at all. And I never will be. I have no, no plans of ever rapping in my lifetime, but, <laughs> but somehow some way they've all been super friendly to me. And like, if they weren't, it probably would have given me like a bad taste in my mouth toward the music. You yeah. know, like it, if I had a bad, like I've had bad experiences with certain artists before and I don't listen to them anymore. You know, I've had bad personal experiences with them, but thankfully with like all the people who I look up to and like my favorites, like they've always been super cool with me, super welcoming. And like, they ask me for more and more and you know, it's a good working relationship too. So Word. it's all good. Yeah. Cause I, I've, I've met a couple of the guys that you've mentioned and they were all mad cool to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And another, and yeah like another thing is i'll always i i always like tend to look look at what you're listening to a little bit more closely than than the average person <laughs> just 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 because i know that um that you're that you're like well connected and like well into that scene that you just described so um if you guys if you guys need any new music to listen to Definitely look out for Dom's recommendations. Yeah, I've been trying he, to put people on for years. <laughs> yeah, he is. I'll, I'll say one thing. He has never steered me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's cool? A lot of my friends who I've been listening to since they were just starting, since they were nobodies, a lot of them have gone on to blow up since then. <laughs> so I don't know what that means about me, but I mean, I guess it means I have good taste. I don't know. <laughs> or yeah yeah also check so, out the um, last episode of the podcast with free the robots if you haven't yet we talked about a lot about underground hip-hop and and because where it started and he started a lot of stuff in la so yeah please go check out that episode too if you haven't yet anyway word so i think um we're getting close to the one hour mark yeah um do you Something like that are there are there any, uh, is there anything that you're, like, are there any books that you're reading right now or shows that you're watching or anything like that that you want to put people onto? Uh, right now I am, I am reading Questlove's most recent book. Questlove is the drummer from The Roots. If you know them, the hip hop jazz band. Um, or Dom put me onto The Roots, so that's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Questlove has a recent fuck. What is the book called? Creative Quest. It's called Creative Quest. It's about how he's like unlocked his creative mindset and his creative process. <clears throat> that's what that's what I'm reading right now. I've been not really committed to reading for the past two months. I don't know why. I downloaded the book and like got through the first half. I still want to finish it. I still really want to finish it, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, I've just been listening to a lot of podcasts like. I don't listen to Gary Vee as much anymore because I feel like I needed a break from that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have been listening to uh, How Did This Get Made? I listen to that every once in a while. It's pretty interesting. They talk about whatever the hell they want to talk about and how it got made. <laughs> um, Bodega Boys, of course. I always listen to Bodega Word. Boys. And what else? What else? What else? What else? 
I need to read that Bobby Hundred's book and I need to listen to his podcast. He put out a book what called is This Is Not a T-Shirt. I think. What I is, think that's what, what it's it called. About? I'm not sure. It's just Bobby Hundred, so I want to read it. Yeah, <laughs> It's been pretty popular. Um, I have listened to a couple episodes on his podcast, which is called This Is Not a Podcast. Uh, it's been good. It's been good. I think it's interesting. Uh, I listen to Fun With Dumb, Dumb Founders podcast. That's another good one. Always talks about very specific Asian shit. <laughs> it's a very or specific kind of like what Asian we're doing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. He just did, bro. I, he just put out a Thanksgiving episode and I was listening to it and it was so funny because like him and his two co-hosts, like they don't regularly celebrate Thanksgiving because they're Korean dudes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like at one point, they would just talk about Thanksgiving foods, and they were just like, "What the fuck is stuffing?" <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I I like, dude, I feel that so hard because yeah, right. I don't, I don't celebrate Thanksgiving either. Like, I, yeah. I'm like American, but like not that American. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like. I celebrated it yeah, growing up, but I haven't celebrated yeah, yeah, yeah. it in about in about three years, I think. Three or four years. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, aside from that, anything that I'm watching, I just binge-watched The Chef Show. Have you seen Chef Show? No, uh, on Netflix? Bro, you should check out Chef Show. Is, it, is that it's different from good. Chef's Table? Yes, 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 yes. This is... Oh, I was you, binging you, Chef table, Chef's Table for a little <laughs> bit, but I, I didn't yeah. know about this. Bro, watch the Chef Show. It's, um, do you know the chef Roy Choi? No, who's that? Uh, he's the guy who started Kogi, the famous, like, L.A. taco truck. Oh, word? Okay. Yeah, so it's it's Roy Choi, who's, a, he's, like, an all-things Korean-Asian chef, but then he also owns a taco truck and everything. He's, like, OG in L.A. And then John Favreau. The guy who plays, like, you know who that is? The actor? He's, that like, Iron Man's really assistant in, in Avengers and everything like that. Uh, oh. The driver. Uh, What's his name word? again? Okay. Happy? I think his name is Happy, right? Something like that. <laughs> I don't remember. No? Um, yeah, John Favreau. He's an actor. Like, he, he, did a, he did a movie called Chef where he's literally playing a chef. And so he went on to make the show hosted by him and Roy Choi. It's so dope, man. I'm super obsessed with food shows, with cooking shows. Like, I don't even Dude, cook I, that I love, well. I yeah, love man. food shows. I love it. But yeah, like, any if if anyone listening knows anything about us, every, everyone, or like, a lot of the guys <laughs> yeah. in the group like like to cook. Um, yeah. Myself, Dom, and Adrian, we, we all cook pretty frequently, so. Yeah. Um definitely expect the cooking episode at some point oh but. for sure we're gonna do a whole food episode we're gonna do a whole food episode we gotta start our own cooking show baby <laughs> yeah but yeah That's dude i watching. think um word um i think that's about it as far as everything i wanted to ask you so yeah. um uh do you want to just Tell people where they can find you and <laughs> plug your your social. <laughs> Not yeah. that you already don't in every episode, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. I say this on every episode. You can find me on Instagram at Alcantara Dominic. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. If you go there, you'll see. Right now, you'll see a lot of photos of me, but I am planning well that's because i am a model for a living but i am planning on starting to put my photography back on there because i'm kind of getting back into it kind of slowly getting back into it yeah so definitely Uh, look out for that yeah look out for that i'm coming at you (laughs) look out (laughs) um yeah that's all i got to plug uh make sure you follow barangay boys because we are two months away from something very important Two months away. You heard it here first. From Manila with love. From Manila with love. Yeah. Uh, This is my birthday episode. We're a few days late. So I just (laughs) wanted to thank everybody who said happy birthday to me. And uh, thank you for listening and continuing to listen. And 
please share the podcast tell your friends get your friends on here if you got any recommendations of people to suggest to be on the podcast feel free to send them in the dms yeah. word and that's all i that, got we are signing off signing off <laughs> peace everybody